Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. It is now Tuesday night, 9 o'clock. We typically do these MBRs on Monday night. Uh, we typically do them from the studio. A little change of uh, scenery here for you on a Tuesday night. Change of time, change of scenery, just a whole bunch of changes for you. But nothing will change about the actual show. It is MBR. It is nothing but rants. The show where I bring you topics that I'm extremely passionate about. And I pontificate upon them for about an hour, and then we end up doing Q&A. These are not hot takes, but rather takes that I am hot about. Obviously, a loaded show for you guys tonight. It's SEC Media Week. That's what it is. There's a lot of content being produced all across the network, um, whether it be here on YouTube, over on Patreon, whether it be on DogsDaily.com, or even on the podcast platform, all of which... I would hope that you support. That's that's We're going to get to that in a little bit, how you can go about doing those things. But I've got a loaded show for you guys tonight. Again, SEC Media Days in full force. We had Kirby Smart take the podium today, JT Daniels, and, of course, Jordan Davis. I will give you my brief recap on those things tonight. Um, I've got my winners so far from the first two days of four from the SEC Media Days. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of coach speak going on, as you would expect, all that good stuff. Um, but no, we got we got some winners, and I, I'm not going to bring you necessarily losers. Um, but we got some good stuff going on tonight, and I'm going to give I'm going to close the show with my tired take. Um, and I tweeted about it today. There is a take that I continuously see over and over and over again. That quite honestly, I'm a little tired of. Um, so we're going to get after that one, and that's probably going to be one of our best segments of tonight. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I was writing the show notes today, and I could just feel the heat coming off the fingertips and just know that it's going to be fiery takes at the end of this show. So um, stick around for that. Um, but no, before we get into tonight's show, you know what I got to do. I got I to gotta take care of some business. I got to ask you to support us. Um, and how you go about doing that is, of course, first and foremost, um, check out the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. You guys know I push that. That is, you know, one of that's the lifeblood. That's what allows us to do what it is that we do around here. Um, so, yeah, check that out. Patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. Um, we've got some great inside information over there. We've got some great film breakdowns that the YouTube audience, I know you guys like. I know you've seen them um, and I know that you enjoy them. But nowadays you're only getting portions of them. And guess what? During the season, you're going to get an even smaller portion of those things over there. Um, and, and that's where you really want to be um, when it comes to the film breakdowns during the season. That's where the best stuff gets done. During the offseason, it's a lot of looking back on what's already happened during the season. I can help you go about telling you what's going to happen during the game, right? Um, that, that's, our, that's our best time of the year to be over there on Patreon, and it's right around the corner. And we've got Clemson breakdowns coming up. So if you don't watch a lot of Clemson football, you're going to need to be over there to find out what it is that they and how they go about doing it. Um, so check out patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. Um, if you miss any part of tonight's show, we do have a podcast platform nowadays. Just wherever, however you find your podcast, just search the Film Guy Network. We will pop right up. There's only one of us, even though JT Daniels was referred to today as the Film Guy. He's got to come see me about getting this logo. Trust me on that one. Um, nah, all jokes aside, we've got a, a beautiful podcast platform up there um, where we also do some film review as well. Not game film review, actually sports movies review. It's called Tailgate Tapes. It's some of my favorite content that I produce with a couple of members of our family over there on Patreon. So um, feel free to check that one out. And of course, if you're a reader, if you're one of those older folks, if you like that, that's the way you ingest your Georgia Bulldogs content. We've got all you could ask for over there on dogsdaily.com. That is our Sports Illustrated affiliated site that, of course, I am have the pleasure of being the lead editor for. So check that out, dogsdaily.com. All right, I've done enough of begging for your support, but before I get into the show, hit that like, thumbs up over there, over there on YouTube, wherever you're watching me. Um, if you're on Periscope or Twitter, just pound that screen a couple. Hit, let them hearts fly across that screen. That's how we trick the algorithms. That's how we get up, right? Not, not a coding guy. Don't know much about computers, but I do know a little bit about these platforms, and that's how you can support the show tonight. We appreciate you guys for being here. Now, let's get into some winners, man. Some winners on these SEC media days, and we'll start with a guy outside, a couple guys outside of the Georgia space that we've heard talk over the last couple of days that you know, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to, to be honest with you. Um, a lot of coach speak, like we were telling you, going on. Um, but when it comes to being a CEO of any corporation, I, I think there are a couple of things you have to look for and a couple of things in those people that you have to look for. First of all, it helps to look the part, right? To, to be a handsome lad, if you will. That thoroughly helps these types of 
Um, and, you know, you've got to be able to have the energy and passion uh, about what it is that you do. Right. I think that's something that people resonate with. I'm, they, they see the passion that I have in the topics that I discuss and then the content that I produce. It's very, very important. I think it translates in, and jumps off of the screen. Well, when you're doing media availabilities like this, it helps to be passionate about what it is that you're doing. A guy that maybe not necessarily be may not be the most passionate about what he's doing up there on the podium would be a guy like Lane Kiffin. But he's so hysterically funny that he still wins press conferences. Right. But the guy I'm talking about here that looks the part and has tremendous energy and has tremendous passion is Shane Beamer. Right. He's a young, energetic football coach. He's in his First big time gig, well, first head coaching gig um, that I, I can recall. And it happens to be at South Carolina here in the SEC where he's kind of made his come ups um, outside of the stint he had out there at Oklahoma in the Big 12. So he's got that passion. He's got that energy and he certainly looks the part. But the other thing that I think he really has an ability to do, he has the ability. And this is a this is a coaching uh, aspect, this is a aspect of coaching that you must have. Right. It's a must. It's the ability to make others believe what it is that you're selling. Right, make others buy what it is that you're selling. Um, I think that's something that Beamer does really, really well, and it's probably something that he learned from his pops. Honestly, so far up until this point, Shane Beamer to me checks all the boxes for a successful head coach in the near future. I just don't know if it's going to be at South Carolina. Look, South Carolina is a really, really tough place to win. Um, even you know the the glory days of South Carolina under the old ball coach, right, uh, under Steve Spurrier. I mean, they were good. Don't get me wrong. They 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 went to an SEC championship game and all that good stuff. I believe during uh, Spurrier's time, but they weren't you know perennially great, right? It's not one of those powerhouse programs. It's a lot like one of the programs we're going to talk about next, where you've got to build and build and build and build over a decade span to have a consistent winner, right? To I, I think the mark for South Carolina should be eight or nine wins, right? If you can hold the mark at eight or nine wins, if you can hold the mark at that number two or number three spot in the SEC East, man, you're, you're, you have a very successful program uh, in this Southeastern Conference. And once every five years, if you can win the East and you can send a football team to Atlanta, that's what you're hoping for if you're a Gamecocks fan, in my opinion. Beamer can do that, I believe. Now, building a national title contender in Columbia, South Carolina? I don't think so. I think you would be a little bit out of your mind to think that's what's going to happen, right? Um, it's just not the the infrastructure up there that, that would connote that. But I'll tell you one thing he does do. He recruits pretty vehemently. I mean, he attacks recruiting like you're supposed to. Um, and, but for that matter, Muschamp did too. I just don't know if Muschamp was doing a good enough job of selling his program to the people within his program. So he saw a downtick, right, um, up there in Columbia. But, you know, the, he, he said something today that was – or yesterday that was a direct shot to a, a, a tight end recruit right now, Oscar Delp, right? I mean, he was speaking in code. He's not allowed to talk about guys that aren't on his roster yet. But, I mean, he might as well have been a subtweeting. If you guys remember what subtweeting is, right? It's where you're tweeting about something and everybody knows who you're talking about, but you don't at them. Well, that's exactly what happened yesterday with Shane Beamer when he said, and I quote, we're going to throw to the tight end. We want the premier tight ends in America. Okay, he said that position is a key part of our offense here at South Carolina. Look, I mean, it don't take no genius. That That's what he's selling Oscar Delp. He is 100% selling him. We're going to throw you the ball. Okay, the, Georgia doesn't have a track record doing that. And we threw Tanner Muse the ball 59 times last year, I believe it was, or something like that. I mean, they're, they are basically telling Oscar Delp, you come here, you're going to get 60 touches a year. I mean, without a doubt, that's what we're going to do. That is our pitch to you. Our pitch is not that you're going to play for college football playoffs. Our pitch is not that you're going to win SEC titles. Our pitch is that we're going to get you the ball. And if that pitch sells, then he's going to keep throwing that that pitch, right? If it keeps getting strikes, if it keeps getting outs, that's what he's going to do. And you know what? That's what he's got to do. I, I commend him. I, I think it's a little hustling backwards in the term, in the sense that he's kind of seemingly focused his public image in the 2022 class around the tight end. Um, and, and that's okay. That's what he coaches. That's what he knows. Um, but you can't go about every single recruiting class going after where it seems, and I'm not following South Carolina football and recruiting that close because I spend so much time covering Georgia. Obviously, you guys know that. But, um, yeah, he he's making this entire 2022 pitch around Oscar Delp. And don't get me wrong, Oscar Delp is a great, great football player. He will change your offense, and he will change your football team the day he steps on campus. But 
also got to round out the rest of that class, right, with high-quality football players. So if they miss on Delp, which, you know, they're in a two-way battle right now, I believe, between South Carolina and Georgia, and it's pretty daggum close. If they lose on Delp, what's left, right? You've spent pretty much your whole attention span on one player. But outside of that, man, and, and I, we only hit on Delp because he hit on Delp in his in his press conference yesterday, but I think the guy's got the juice. He 100% has the juice. Um, we'll see if it translates, right? If you're that South Carolina, uh, you know, uh, administration, you just got to be patient. Like I said, to start with this segment, I think I think you've got to understand that where you're at is a perennial seven, eight win football team. And once every five years, if you have that squad, right, if you have that team um, that can contend for an SEC East title and, and go face whoever comes out of the West and make a New Year's Six Bowl, that's great. That should be your national title run. You should put up a banner inside your stadium for that. Um, that that's the God's honest truth of a program like that, just like a program like the next guy we're going to talk about, who I think is a big winner at all of these things every time he goes to one of these. Um, and it's a guy that I love. Um, every time he's behind a microphone, every time I see him on a sideline, every time I watch one of his football teams on tape, uh, and it's Mark Stoops at Kentucky. And he's done what Shane Beamer, I think, is trying to do at, uh, at, at South Carolina. He's built that, you know, he's nine years in at this point. And guess what? They win eight, year, eight games a season, basically. That's what they do. They're in their ninth year as a program right there under Mark Stoops, and they've made five straight bowl games. Think about that. Kentucky, right? Kentucky has made five straight bowl games, and they had a 10-win season a couple years ago, something that's only happened three other times in their 105-year history as a football program. Just think about that, right? I mean, that's what they've built at Kentucky, and it took a long time, okay? And I think he said it best today when he was on the SEC Network um, kind of platform or whatever when he was studio right with, with, on the stage with them after his press conference the coaches over there on sec network um talking to him and asking him questions and he said it perfectly um and i'm not going to quote him verbatim but he basically said what i opened with on beamer it's like look we're not one of those programs that can rebuild we're not a blue blood i think was the terminology that he used we're not a blue blood that can just flip it around in three years that's not what this is um this is one that you've got to be patient for Right. You've, you've got to wait it out nine years. Um, you've got to wait it out six or seven years before they really started being heavily competitive um, in this SEC East. And they are a tough out every single time you play them. Um, they're physical. Right. They're, 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 they're nasty. They play great defense. They recruit fairly well, but they develop much better. Um, and, and he is. He is at a 100 percent significant disadvantage over anybody else in the SEC. There is no other program in this conference that we cover and we all love to watch on Saturdays that the football program plays second fiddle to, to another males program on the on the campus. Kentucky's the only example. There is no other one. Tennessee's bordering on that at this point with how good their basketball program has been and how bad their football program has been and the controversy that's wrapped up in that. Um, but no, there there is no uh, football or no school in the Southeastern Conference where – Football doesn't sit first chair in every decision meeting in every boardroom that they have. Kentucky is one of those schools, the school, the only school that is like that. And Mark Stoops has built a contender. They're, they're, they're not one that's going to go out and do it, right, or, or you think is going to go out and do it, but they're going to be a tough out every single week, every single week they play uh, in the Southeastern Conference. I think they got some bad breaks last year, but I think the most important thing for them this year is they brought in a new offensive coordinator. His name's slipping my mind right now, but they're going to try to throw the football a lot more. I, I think it's interesting when you hear a college football coach nowadays say, you know, we've got to be more balanced. And he's not talking about running the football more. He's talking about throwing the football more. Nowadays in college football, we see these pass-happy football teams, right? Kentucky hasn't been that. Kentucky's been a very downhill running football team hell a couple of years ago they won eight games with lynn bowden playing quarterback or wide receiver right a wide receiver playing quarterback they basically pun intended ran the wildcat they ran the kentucky wildcat for 14 game schedule and they won eight games i mean that, that's rather impressive that just shows you right um and, and they constantly i mean i think two out of the last four years they've had a first round draft pick I mean, we're in the SEC, and there's not a lot of SEC schools that can say that. South Carolina can't say that. I don't think they've had a second one outside of J.C. Horn in a long time, right? Um, you know, Tennessee, daggum sure can't say that. Their first-round draft pick just left in Henry Toa Toa, right? So there are a lot of SEC programs that don't even put guys in the NFL like even Kentucky does. And now Kentucky's being heavily involved in the transfer portal where, you know, four and five stars that go to Alabama, go to Georgia, go to Mississippi State, go wherever, and they don't play, go to Texas and they don't play LSU and they don't play, well, 
If they want to remain in the SEC, Mark Stoops got a spot for him. I can guarantee you that. I, I think Kirby today said something along the lines of the rich are going to get richer here. And that may be true with the transfer portal. And that's fine. Um, you know, I, I think one thing he's failing to realize is that his roster is going to get pillaged too. When, when these college coaches start realizing that, oh, you know, guys like, I'm, and I'm, this is just a name. This is a hypothetical. Do not go run with this. Um, aggregators. Um, Robert Beal, right? If Robert Beal's name would ever go into the transfer portal, he would get picked up by a school like Kentucky in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, right? And I don't think that's going to happen. I'm just saying that's the case that's going to happen. You're going to see Georgia take All-Americans and All-Conference players a la Tyke Smith and Darion Kendrick and Avery Gilbert off of other teams' rosters, whereas the second-string, third-string guys that are buried on the depth chart that are still extremely talented because Georgia's recruited at that kind of prowess and that kind of rate over the last five years – those guys are going to be heading elsewhere. I, I I think that's the future of what college football looks like, right? You're going to see Georgia pillaging starters, and you're going to see schools like Kentucky, Missouri, uh, you know, schools like that go and and take guys off of Georgia's second team, right, off their depth chart, um, guys that might not be happy with the lack of playing time. So I always think Mark Stoops is a winner in these things. I just think he's a winner in general. I, the fact that he's still at Kentucky um, just, A, kind of shows you that how loyal he is as a, as a man. Um, but secondly, I, I don't know what's going on. Maybe his price tag is really, really high to leave that program. Maybe his family's happy up there. I, I think Mark Stoops is one of the best coaches in the SEC, and I'll, I'll go as far as to say the country. That's a very, very tough job um, up there. Uh, probably one of the harder in the SEC outside of Vanderbilt just because of how bad the facilities are up there, and you're stuck in the middle of Nashville, which is a great city. Don't get me wrong. But it's not exactly conducive for building an SEC type of complex when it comes to football. So um, Kentucky up there in terms of tough schools. And this guy, every time he gets in front of a mic – makes me believe that he's got a winning program because he does. And he's worked on it over a decade. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% there on him as a winner. And another winner, before we get into the guys from Georgia that were actually there, is a guy from Georgia, I think, that was mentioned a lot today um, that is going to continue to be mentioned. And it happens to do with a lot what he did in spring. But these guys knew about this guy before spring practice even went off. They knew how talented he was. And that's A.D. Mitchell, Adonai Mitchell. Um, you know, he burst on, onto the spring. Or onto the scene, not onto the spring. He burst onto the scene this spring, right, with his his G day performance and and all the buzz around camp and all the buzz around practice about how he was performing during those practice sessions. Um, and, and you found out pretty quickly how great this kid can be. Six four runs routes really really well. High points the ball extremely well. I thought you know had, struggled with a couple drops earlier in that G day game, but you saw. Once they got him a couple comfortable touches and he started plucking it a little bit better, um, gained some confidence and ended up getting a touchdown grab right there before the halftime. Um, but, you know, this is a guy that's obviously earned the respect of the national media. But like I said, he earned the respect of his teammates far before he ever put down what he put down during G-Day. This is a guy that earned it, every bit of it. And, yeah, George Pickens going down and Marcus Rossimi Jack Saint not being available during – spring practice and Jermaine Burton getting hurt late in the spring sessions and not being avail available for G-Day, certainly enhanced. Oh, and Justin Robinson not being there for the G-Day game. That certainly enhanced the number of opportunities that were going A.D. Mitchell's way. Do not get that twisted. But he was winning. He was winning guys over even during practice. So that's important to note um, there for him. Um, but, you know, I, I think Kirby even mentioned his name today uh, when asked about younger players that we may not know about um, or the national media may not know about that they need to know about that might burst onto the scene this year. And A.D. Mitchell was one of the first names that he mentioned. Um, but more importantly for me, um, you know, he's a winner for me today for, for the SEC Media Days, and that's fine. Um, but I think more importantly, A.D. Mitchell is a case study um, for COVID recruiting. And, and here's what I mean about this. And I've told um, – I've told the Patreon members about this, and I'm not going to go fully in depth about it, about you know what exactly I told them because that's what they pay for those things for. Um, but you know, <clears throat> with this COVID recruiting, um, especially the 2021 class, right? 2022, they've now had the opportunity to get them in house, had an opportunity to now see them. Um, but with the 2021 class, it was completely different. The last eight months of that cycle. It was cold turkey. You can't see nobody. You can't go nowhere. It's all over the phone, right? So what did Adai Mitchell do? A.D. Mitchell was sending video after video after video to the Georgia coaching staff, meanwhile, committed to Ole Miss, and that's fine. And he ended up decommitting to Ole Miss because he was getting interest from programs like Georgia. But he's sending video after video after video 
um, to this coaching staff, and they never really see him in person. But the whole entire time they're watching him, they're like, man, this guy can play, man. This guy can play. And that's that's what Kirby said today. He was like, this guy can play. This guy can play. No, no, no. He can really play. We need to get this guy here. Um, And I think that to me, and the reason it's a case study for COVID recruiting is because that kind of stuff is still going on. Right. I mean, yeah, they had an open an open session during June. They got to see as many guys as they have. But these recruiting boards have pretty much already been made even before June was open. Right. I mean, June comes and you're allowed to have kids. Excuse me. Yeah. June comes. and You're allowed to have kids on campus. That's great. Don't get me wrong. But June 1st hits and you're six and six months. Right. You're six months away from early national signing day when ninety nine point nine percent of the most elite players in this country will already have signed their letter of intent. You're six months away from that. And meanwhile, you've been building your recruiting boards for, what, three and a half years at that point? They start building these boards when these kids are freshmen. They're they're offering kids in eighth grade at this point um, at at schools like even Georgia. So um, to me, I think this class is going to be heavily influenced even more so by that kind of stuff than last class, right? A.D. Mitchell is a winner today at SC Media Day because people were talking about him. But when I first heard Kirby say that about him sending video footage, and that's what ended up getting him in and getting him into that class and making him want to go after him and flip him from Ole Miss, um, that's the first thing I thought of was like, man, there's going to be a bunch of A.D. Mitchells in this class that were completely underrated and overlooked that nobody had heard of that were committed to some other school and all of a sudden, George is getting video footage of him, or George is hearing about him, or George is getting calls from coaches like, hey, man, no, nah, this kid can play. Like, he, he may not be rated or ranked inside the top 400, which I don't think A.D. Mitchell was until he committed to Georgia. And then all of a sudden, he started getting that Georgia bump, which is – it's a real thing. It's a – Alabama bump's a real thing. Hell, the LSU bump's a real thing. You 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 st- a green light offer from programs like that, you're going to go up recruiting rankings. That's just – that's it would be bad business if they didn't. Right. So I'm not blaming them, but I'm just telling you, there's going to be a lot of these types of kids in this class where you don't know them. You've never heard of them. Their articles haven't been written on them. Five stars hadn't been given to them. But next thing you know, spring of 2022 comes around and that lonely three star at the bottom of your ranks, that A.D. Mitchell on the on the commitment list is suddenly looking like one of the best players out of the class, a class filled with names like Amarius Mims, Brock Vandergriff. Um, the list goes on. Smile Mondon, Xavier Sori. And when asked about young players, Kirby Smart's talking about A.D. Mitchell. Okay, all those other guys are great. They're going to be great. But Adonai Mitchell was the guy you didn't know about. And and for the lack of the matter, for, for, to, be, for to be 100% honest and frank with you, I didn't really know all about him either. But as soon as I saw him, knew he was a baller, right? Um, as soon as you saw tape on him and actually found tape on him, because you know he was in Houston and then he went to Tennessee and now he's at Georgia. Um, and talking about his high school ranks, right? He played in Houston, played in Tennessee, and I'm gonna be honest, Tennessee's a wasteland for high school recruiting. I haven't been up to Tennessee for a camp. I haven't been up to Tennessee for a high school football game because I don't have time. There's one of me, and I'm not driving all the way to Knoxville to watch some football player that might be able to go to Georgia when I can go to Gwinnett County and see 25 players. That could end up at Georgia. You see what I'm saying? So it's hard to be noticed at some of these schools like that, unless you're Walter Nolan. Um, but yeah, I think A.D. Mitchell's a winner here. But like I said, this is a guy that is a, a prime example of what's going to continue to happen in this class. You're going to see Georgia sign some guys that you're like, what? Huh? Okay. And then they're going to end up being ballish, right? Because you got to trust the eval process of the school that you guys love so much. Right. I mean, those guys know what they're doing, believe it or not. Um, whatever your Twitter or Facebook group that you enjoy tells you, these guys know what they're doing when it comes to recruiting. Um, and I think that's bored out over the last couple of years. I see some stuff in here in, in the comment sections about Bryce Young. Um, we will address that in QA a little bit later. Um, I've got some thoughts and opinions. We're gonna close with that. I promise you. We're gonna we're gonna talk about Bryce Young and his near a million dollars um, you know, later on tonight. So just hold on with me. Bear with me on that one. But let's talk about some of these Georgia guys, right? Had three uh, pretty, you know, not pretty, really good guys in front of a mic, in front of a camera in Kirby, JT, um, and, of course, uh, Jordan Davis, one of my favorites to cover. Uh, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But we'll start with Kirby, right? We'll start with the head man. You know, he did that. I don't know if y'all noticed, but he did that uh, He did that veteran thing. He did that veteran coaches thing, that veteran coach that don't – I mean, I'm not going to say Kirby hates the media, I'm not going to say Kirby dislikes the media, 
but I'm going to say Kirby ain't out here, you know, in love with the media. Okay. That's just hundred percent. He, he, he sees the point of it. Okay. Claude Felton definitely sees the point of it. Okay. He's the OG. He's the goat, right? He definitely sees the point of it, but Claude kind of has to drag Kirby around to do things for the media because Kirby's all about football, right? Keep the main thing, the main thing, which by the way, I've said it every single time I go into this rant, I tell you, I'd run my business the same way, the same exact way. Wouldn't be no ifs, ands, or buts, but I'm a football guy. I'm not a, you know, I, I don't really, I, I do my job. My job is to cover it. Um, but if I were in that role, I would do the same exact thing. You would get 15 minutes of practice, um, you know, once a week and you'd be watching stretching lines. I would do one media availability a week if I had to. If I didn't, I wouldn't do it. Okay. That's the way I would run my business, just like Kirby. And Kirby did the veteran move where he knows they got 20, 25 minutes up there in front of the media at SEC Media Day. So what's he do? He goes on a 10 minute dialogue. He goes on a 10 minute monologue to open up. So he's only got to answer about five to 10 questions. That's a, that's an expert move. That's a knowledgeable move. And matter of fact, I bet. I would be willing to bet Saban does something very, very similar uh, when he takes the podium. But veteran moved, love to see it today. He does cake in terms of longest monologue up there and was actually doing some really good, meaningful speak. It wasn't coach speak. He wasn't just buying time. Um, and I would be remiss if I didn't tell you exactly what I thought was the most meaningful thing that he said today. Um, and it was his, listening to him speak how pride, proudful or prideful, how prideful he was about the Dogs for Pup initiatives. Um, you know, that, that the Georgia players have started Kirby Kirby basically told his players like, look, we're going to do something, you know, when all the social justice broke out last summer, um, uh, you know, obviously a very important thing that needs to happen and, and there needs to be social justice reform and all that great stuff. Um, he basically told him like, we're not just going to talk about these things. Okay. We're going to talk about them. We are going to sit down as a team and as a family, we're going to talk about these things, but we're going to act. Um, and, you know, Cortez Hankton and the players themselves got together and they, they started this Dogs for Pups initiative. And to date, they have raised $100,000 for Wi-Fi in the Athens-Clark County area. Um, something that may seem trivial, not necessarily trivial, but something that may see com seem common uh, in your day-to-day -day life. I, I know I take Wi-Fi for granted, um, but when schools went virtual, there was a lot of kids um, and a lot of teenagers in that Athens-Clark County area that weren't able to get to education because they weren't able to get to the internet. It is not a given right nowadays. It is something that has to be paid for, right? And some people can't make that in meat. That's what they did. And you could tell, and, and you can always see um, when a coach is very proud about something that his players have done. Um, and that's something that he was extremely proud about, as he should be. Um, so check out Dogs for Pups. Simple Google will take care of that. Um, I'll put it in the show notes after the show. I'll definitely put it in the show notes in the podcast. So go support the things um, that, you know, your Georgia guys are doing, right? That's something that they created. That's an initiative that they did. And as Harrison's saying in the YouTube comments right now, it's a great point. They've also raised, I, I believe, another $100,000. Is that correct, Harrison? Another $100,000 for a food drive and a coat drive, right? Again, something simple. Something that you guys, I know I take for granted. I'm, I'm in a sawed-off hoodie right now, as I typically am. My my Bill Belichick, my Trill Belichick, as I normally am. Um, a coat in the winter, taking advantage of, or, or taking for granted. Food, certainly. I mean, look at look at this chinek on this guy. This guy ain't missed a meal um, in a couple of a couple of years. So yeah, I mean, something that people take for granted. Um, and, and teenage, and you know, eighteen to twenty three year old men. Young men have created $200,000 and raised $200,000 for two very meaningful causes. Um, and and I, I would be proud, too, if I was the head coach of that football team. Um, and I think you guys should be proud uh, of the players that you love to support um, and, and the team you root for. So, yeah, definitely a winner there for me, for Kirby Smart. Um, and this Quavo stuff, I y'all really surprised by Quavo. Y'all really surprised that Kirby name-dropped Quavo in, in a national press conference? I'm not. Quavo's the most famous Georgia fan that there is nowadays, especially to young people. He's 100% the most famous Georgia fan that there is. Hell, he's on every sideline you can find him on. Every sideline. They're available this season. He'll be back on that sideline. I don't think he was very much last year because all the COVID stuff. Um, but yeah, of course, Kirby's dropping Quavo's name because um, that's his guy. That that's the that's the face, the hip hop face of his program. Ain't too many programs in this country got Quavos on the sideline. Now, if somebody told me that he had J. Cole on his phone, 
I'd be very, very – that, that's me. That's my guy, right? J. Cole and Drake because I'm a little softy when it comes to my hip-hop and my R&B. Um, you know, I, I like Migos when I was in, in my younger phases, right, when, in college when when uh, No Label came out um, back in 2013. Yeah, I, w- I was bumping that stuff in the dorm room. But as I became a little bit more educated, the trap rap ain't really for me. But the young kids still like it, I guess, even though they ain't been hot in a minute. Don't don't come after me, Quavo. I know you're over there in Gwinnett County. You can, you can get to me pretty quick. So don't come after me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's Quavo, dog. Like, of course. He, he is a Georgia Bulldog. I mean, he didn't go to school, but he loves the Georgia Bulldogs. He grew Again, he grew up in Gwinnett County. He grew up an hour down the road uh, from Sanford Stadium. So, yeah, there you go. Um, obviously. And I see the media going crazy about it. And, you know, I, it's fun to tweet about it, and it's fun to laugh about it, and it's fun to talk about it. Um, but it's it should you should have seen that one coming. Um, name dropping the most famous guy you've got in the midst. I mean, it's a recruiting pitch. I, Jordan Rogers is Jordan Rogers. Um, he's pretty face, but he had a great point today. That's exactly what that was. And it's a recruiting pitch to young players. Look how hip and cool I am. I've got Quavo in my phone. He was texting me about don't being thirsty or don't be thirsty. Yep, 100% recruiting pitch right there. But thought Kirby was a winner today um, for none other than you know the the veteran move of just eliminating the or, or limiting the time that you actually have to answer silly questions like is your team vaccinated um not a silly question in the sense that um it's important right vaccination is important i think I mean, we're not getting into that um but yeah it, it's a silly question just like are you guys prepared for your opening game or what does it mean to face a team like clemson to start the season um like they haven't heard that one 400 times um but yeah uh, great job by Kirby today uh, during his media availability. Now, on to my guy, one of my two guys. Uh, love every bit of listening to this dude talk, and it's a shame that we're only going to get him so much in front of a press conference. I think he got him once last year, and then once again after the Peach Bowl, maybe. And no, once during spring, that's what it was. And it's JT Daniels. Um, you know what I love most about JT Daniels? He's a guy that gets in front of the media. And he seems kind of dry, honestly. He's if you pay attention to him, he kind of seems dry, right? Not real animated, right? His eyes don't do what I just did. That's an animation, right? I, I'm trying to convey to you that I enjoy being here. I'm trying to convey to you that I'm energetic about the things that in which that I'm talking about. But JT seems a little bit dry if you watch him. A robot of sorts, a quarterback robot of sorts. I think I tweeted about this today. He is a quarterback, a quarterback robot that speaks Cali swag. That's what he does. Um, but my part, and I do like that. I do like that he's a little dry, and that's fine. All some of the great quarterbacks are. You ever watch Aaron Rodgers, who is obviously his favorite player, being from Cali? Um, you ever seen Aaron Rodgers do an interview with somebody other than Pat McAfee? He don't. He don't really. He's not really out here giving all the animation stuff, right? Um, but my favorite, my favorite part about all of this is he's dry in front of the media. Right. He's very, very dry. He's very analytical, uh, very clear spoken, doesn't have any highs, doesn't have any lows, just there to answer questions, answer them really, really in a very analytical and analytical is my word tonight, apparently um, a very thought provoking way. He's going to answer your question and make you know that that guy's smart. That's the way he goes about it. But he's also dry. But if you know anything about the way in which his football teammates talk about him, this guy's anything but. He's anything but. He is a goofball inside that locker room, inside that facility. When it is time to play a little grab ass, there's nobody that plays grab ass better than JT Daniels. As a fact, okay, that guy, that guy's teammates think he is the most hysterical individual on that campus. They love that guy. And to me, those are my favorite types of football players they're, they're they're you know nice and dry and and thought provoking in front of the media it would be nice if they're a little bit more you know lively also you know who also is like this kirby smart if you've ever seen kirby have you ever talked to recruits about kirby smart and the way in which he recruits them he is the most energetic and joking and and, and hysterical individual that there is he is a 16 year old trapped in a ceo's body that's i think uh, is he approaching 50 Anyways, 
he is very, very energetic and lively. But in front of that camera, he's very, very coach speak. He's very, very, we had a great day. Thought we practiced hard, right? You know, all the coach speak stuff that he does. We're looking forward to this weekend. We got to prepare for Vandy. They're a great opponent. We got to respect them. All that good stuff. Um, but he's he's an absolute goofball off that in all the great ways. And as is JT Daniels. Um, he's just another guy when he's around the boys. Just another guy. Um, and he's the guy. I think the term that I keep hearing is he's the dude. Like if you've ever seen, I forgot the name of the movie, but the dude, um, he is the dude. He's hundred percent. The dude, he is the guy around that program. Um, and that's always great to see 10 year veteran when answering questions. Um, but a goofball around his teammates. Um, and, and I, I, I love that. I'm absolutely here for it. And there was also a reference to him, um, being known as the film guy, you know, it's great. You got to come see me. You got to come see me about that name. Uh, I loved listening to him talk about um, his teammates um, today as well. The Big Lebowski, thank you very much, YouTube commenters. Um, but I told the Patreon folks a while ago about just how serious this guy is about film study. Um, and I'm going to tell you right now, young quarterbacks that are watching this, I don't know how many young players we have watching this, um, but if you're not obsessive about your craft in terms of studying your craft, you're never going to succeed. Never going to succeed on this football field and in this game of football um, because that's just not the way this business works. You have got to want to absorb every bit of information that you possibly can. Um, but I love listening to JT Daniels talk about his teammates. And I'm going to show you, I'm going to play you a clip right now. Um, this is him talking about A. Rick Gilbert. Uh, he was asked by A. Rick Gilbert a ton today, as you would expect him to be. Um, and these were his comments right here. Give me one second. The impressions of him. Yeah, um, that's like the fifth time I've been asked that, and I'm, it's the same answer. Um, Eric is, there's a lot of guys that are really talented that like football, and there's a lot of guys, and there's you know a select few like Eric that are talented and love football. Um, he spends hours with the receiver and tight end coach. Uh, he asks me a bunch of questions. He takes the time to learn the signals, learn what he's got to do, uh, and really learn the game itself, and it's really impressive to see um, that someone that has what he has by birth he has a lot of people just beat by birth. Um, and then he combines that with being a weekend worker. And he's a film watcher. And he likes to learn what he learns. You know, so there's he's the best of both worlds in terms of your physical and your mental game. Love it, right? He is a he's a film watcher. I, I think the best quote there was um, you know, obviously it's the keynote note or the keynote quote, which was there's a lot of talented guys that like football. Avery Gilbert is a talented guy that loves football. Um, something that you would know about a Rick, if you covered him back in high school. Um, also something that I loved from that was, um, the beat by birth comment, right? A Rick Gilbert and a lot of players at Georgia, a lot of players that get recruited by Georgia, you've got your competition beat by birth on a lot of days. Um, but to reach that higher level, that upper echelon of greatness, you've really got to invest time into your craft, right? Um, and that's exactly what A. Rick Gilbert is doing. That's exactly what JT Daniels does. Um, I was talking to a guy that's known JT for a really, really long time back in the California area when I was out there, um, you know, for LA. And I've, again, this is another thing that I've told the Patreon guys a couple of weeks back, um, and gals for that matter. Um, if you, I think the example to, I, that was given to me was if you gave JT Daniels 24 hours, to do whatever it is that he wants, right? In his hometown, wherever he's at, his, his happy place, right? Um, if, if we're going to happy Gilmore reference. Uh, if you gave JT Daniels 24 hours in his happy place, do you know what his happy place would be? It would be sitting in the film room and grinding tape. That's what it would be. It would be going out and throwing lasers with his guys. That's what it would be. He is a football dude 100% through and through. Now, does he like to have some good time every once in a while? 100%. That also comes with being a football guy. But don't get it twisted. This dude puts a lot of time and effort into studying his craft. And to me, that's commendable. Um, that's that's something that I would want the face of my program to be. I, I, I want a grinder. I want a film guy. That's what I want. I want a film guy, especially at the quarterback position. That's what I want. Um, another note here, and I'm not selling my product. I'm not selling what I do, but I kind of am. I, I just find it fascinating that every – whether it's Jordan Davis, whether it's Kirby Smart, whether it's JT Daniels, whether it's any of these guys that are at the pinnacle of their sport um, as, as of right now. Some of these guys are going to the NFL. That would be the new pinnacle, the current pinnacle of their sport, um, the sport that you guys all love, right? The reason you're here, all of you, 
because um, you love talking and listening to things about your Georgia Bulldogs. You love watching your Georgia Bulldogs on Saturdays. Um, the thing I find fascinating is that all of them talk about film work. All of them. Every single player that you love, every single coach that you love, they talk about film work. It's a lot of what they do. And I don't know. I think there's really only one guy in this space that does what I do, and it's me. And I'm not saying I'm the best at it. I'm just I'm, – I'm uncommon, okay? Um, and if you guys like it, there's a whole season worth of it coming up this year. Um, so I would appreciate it if you stick around, and I think most of you will. Um, so, yeah, and a lot of that stuff, again, is going to be on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. All right, let's talk about my guy. Um, and I said JT's my guy, and he is. Um, but this this one's this one's near and dear. Um, I've said for a while that Jordan Davis is my favorite player I think I've ever covered. Um, my favorite high school prospect I've ever covered um, is Christian Miller. I didn't have the opportunity to get to know Jordan when he was in high school, um, but I've gotten the opportunity to cover him and interview him now that he's been in college. Um, there's several reasons why this guy is my favorite, and I'll save them for when he's done playing. Um, but this dude's he's a very special guy. Um, and I think you saw that today. Um, and, and the main thing that you saw today was why I love him as much as I do. I love covering him as much as I do. There are very few players on this planet, football players, especially guys that play a, sp- a position right like him. Right. There are very few players that just exuberate pure love and pure joy. And that dude brings it to a room every time he's in it. Every single time he is in a room, everyone's, you know, vibe just goes up. It is 100% a vibe check, okay? 100% a vibe check when that guy walks in. He's the biggest genuine human being I've ever had the pleasure of covering, and that's a fact. And I'll leave it at that. He's a great football player. We all know that. But the the person is better. It's 100% better. Um, and that I, I think it's amazing that he's – I think he's in religious studies is what Kirby was saying today. It fits him perfectly. That guy's going to change lives, and he already has. Um, and it also helps that he is a menace on the football field. 100% a menace on the football field. And I think he's going to have a really, really long career in the NFL. And then when he gets done, the the impact on other people's lives ain't going to stop there. Um, it's only going to enhance his platform. And he does it in a, in a non-shove-it-in-your-face way. He leads you to a higher power through the general love that he shows you. And I think that's the way to do it. Um, and honestly, I, I can't say enough about the guy. And we didn't talk about much about his press conference, and that's fine. I don't need to. Um, his press conference was great. It was great to hear about the decision he made to come back to the University of Georgia. It was great to hear him talk about um, his decision to come to Georgia. It was great to talk about um, his, you know, pride about going to Charlotte and, and opening the season, his final season of college football there in his hometown. It was great to hear all those things. But it was even more, be- it was even better to see that smile, right? To see that joy, that exuberance that he brings 100% everywhere he goes. He he is loved, okay, and he gives love everywhere he goes as well. Um, so yeah, Jordan Davis definitely one of my favorites, and I'm sure he's one of you guys' favorites too, because um, he's just he's just that dude. Now, now that I've done all my loving and all my admiration, I promised you, uh, uh, uh you know, I, I got I'm, I'm not even gonna lie, I got kind of pissed off when I was writing these show notes to close this one. So buckle up, all right, buckle up, okay. It's going to get hot. I might need to turn the mic down, step away from it for a brief second, a brief second, but this one's going to get fiery, okay? Um, And it's the take I'm tired of. I tweeted about it today. I am sick and tired of this take. I am 100% sick and tired of this take. Um, But Nick Saban came out today, and he said that Bryce Young, this is at a Texas coaches clinic. Um, He came out today and said that Bryce Young is nearing a million dollars or seven figures, as he put it. Um, so no telling how far past a million dollars, seven figures um, in NIL deals. And it sent the media into an absolute tizzy. It sent Lane Kiffin spinning on his head top on the podium because he hadn't heard about it until they asked him the question about it because this news broke today around about one o'clock, I think it was. So, yeah, and there's one argument that I keep hearing. There's one regurgitated take from every talking head out there um, that quite honestly – kind of talks out of their mouth both ways. And it's this one right here, right? Oh, it's going to cause issues in the locker room because it's it's the one quarterback or the one star player that's making millions, okay? 
That's the take, right? You've heard that one. I, I've got I've got concerns about this NIL stuff, man. No, I mean, what if that that one player is making a million dollars and the other player is only making thirty three hundred bucks uh, from the media outlet that paid him to advertise or whatever, whatever it is, whatever, 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 whatever. Stop it, stop it. Okay, I got a couple of things for you here on this one, and then I really got something for somebody. Okay, because he was going on and on today, and again talking about out of both of his mouth. Uh, both sides of his mouth. But a couple things here for you. A, this whole, it's going to cause a riff in the locker room. Tell that to Kyler Murray and the Oklahoma Sooners. Tell that to the Heisman Trophy winning Kyler Murray, who some of you might know, but a lot of you don't. Kyler Murray signed a MLB first-round draft pick contract prior to going to Oklahoma that with the Oakland Athletics that I believe was worth $3.5 million. He never stepped foot on a diamond, ever. Now, he bought some diamonds, but he never stepped foot on a diamond and played professional baseball. But guess what? He got every dollar. Every dollar. He was wearing Gucci suits to the game, bro. He was wearing Gucci bags to the game, bro. He was driving whatever car he wanted to the facility, my guy. Okay, so was there any problems in the Oklahoma locker room? Anybody? Did you hear, did you hear about anybody saying anything about, oh, Kyler Murray's a, a bad teammate or Kyler Murray's teammates are jealous of him because he's got some money? No, it's business. You go in there and you handle your business. It is a cutthroat cutthroat sport, 100%. It is a business. It's been a business. Um, so that's one. That's one thing. B, okay, uh, we all know. We all know. Well, at least my people do that have been around. Um, and, and if you followed this journey through this YouTube channel, this is one of the very first things I've taught you or tried to teach you. Man, this, this game been dirty. This, this game of college sports has been dirty, okay? And I ain't, I ain't telling you nothing that ain't already reported in FBI documents. The law done told you. You just got to do some research. All right, I go back to this one every single time we go into this, this argument or this conversation. A Creighton basketball player was worth $100,000. You ever even heard of Creighton? Most of you guys that don't watch college basketball, you probably never even heard of Creighton. But they was giving out 100 Gs. 100 Gs to shooting guards. Okay, so um, this game been crooked. But I'm also here to tell you, the game been crooked, but not everybody gets that bread. That 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 hundred thousand, that hundred that hundred grand that was given to the point guard or the shooting guard at Creighton, the the sixth guy on the bench wasn't getting that cash. Okay, he wasn't. Okay, so the recruiting world of college football, if they're giving out a hundred grand to Creighton, what you think they're giving out at these SEC schools? I, I don't know. I legitimately don't know. But I'm gonna tell you right now, it probably is a little bit more than a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, and guess what? It ain't everybody. You can't be out here giving the bag man is real. Okay. And the, the, everyone, you know, some schools do it differently. The bag man is real. Cover this game long enough, you'll find out. Okay. And I know that's dangerous to tell everybody. Um, but it's this guy's not true. And honestly, it's an FBI document. So I ain't telling you nothing. You can't go read yourself. Um, LSU for prime example, money laundering left and right from the children's hospital. That's reported. Ain't nobody done nothing. Nothing, nothing. ain't nobody done. NCAA has done nothing. The the McDonald's bag man in Tennessee, real. Real, right there. Ain't nobody done nothing. They ain't done nothing. They're in the NCAA sanctions right now. Ain't no sanctions been handed down. Okay, so the 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 fact that the reason I'm telling you that is that money's been given out. It's been been given out to players, and it ain't being given out to everybody. Okay, and guess what? For years, that ain't caused no dissension in the locker room. That ain't caused no beef in the locker room when player X is driving a Dodge Challenger and player Z. It barely has enough, you know, gas to get to the school. Okay. Now he eats well when he gets there and all that good stuff, but he probably ain't got seven new pairs of Jordans or, you know, the nicest uh, chain that he wears when he goes and gets off the bus for game day. He probably ain't got the nicest suit. Meanwhile, the starting quarterback does or the starting safety does or the starting defensive end does. And guess what? Now it's on a, a, a grander scale and that's fine, but winning's winning. It ain't been, it ain't gonna change none of that. And this is what really sent me off today. Really, really, really set me off listening to this today. Okay, so after Lane Kiffin gets off of the podium, okay, they go to Paul Feinbaum. Great show. Don't watch it. Great show. Heard it's great. Um, but Gene Chiswick's on the on the board right there, on the panel, 
right, talking to Paul. And he's going on and on and on about how this newfound money will affect the locker room. I'm so worried, Paul, as a, as a coach. I'm so worried about these players, man, and, and, and this locker room dissension that's going to end up happening in these locker rooms because these kids are getting paid and some of these other kids aren't getting paid and this guy's getting deals over here and this guy ain't and yada, 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 yada. I'm worried, Paul. I'm worried about the, the future of college football and the future of our beloved locker rooms. Anybody know what Gene Chizik's famous for? Anybody? Anybody know why Gene Chizik's on the SEC Network spewing opinions? Anybody? He's known for winning a national title, right, at Auburn that one season. He's known for winning a national title with who as his starting quarterback? Anybody remember? Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Okay. Now, there's plenty of reports about how it is that Auburn got Cam Newton, and I don't need to delve into that. But, you know, there's sources that have said – uh, the money was just too much to turn down Auburn, right? The money was just too much. Let me ask you something. Do you think the money was too much for the third string left tackle that was called upon when injuries were happening to go out there and protect Cam Newton? You think the third string left tackle was letting guys go by him because Cam got a bag and he didn't? No. So now all of a sudden, because kids are making money in front of you, and because kids are making money legally and it's right there in front of your face, now all of a sudden it's a problem in your locker room? Stop it. Stop it. All of you, all of you with this take, just stop. It ain't going to cause no problems because guess what? That's life. Okay, that's life. Everywhere you go, there are going to be people around you that are a little bit more talented than you, that get you know exposed to more opportunities than you. That's the God's honest truth about life. That's what that is. Okay. And these kids are getting the harsh reality of that. But guess what? They've been getting it for a long time at these college football programs. Okay. So just stop with that one. There ain't going to be no dissension in the locker room. There ain't going to be no hurt feelings because the starting or the, the quarterback like Bryce Young got uh, close to a million dollars worth of NIL deals before he even stepped foot on a field. You know what? Go back and play quarterback if that hurts your feelings. I'm sorry. Go back and play quarterback or just, you know what? Be better. Be better and be more marketable. Okay, because that's what it is, right? That's what it is. That's all it is. Be the guy that want that, that people want to pay. But it ain't gonna cause no. Oh well, you know, I don't like Bryce no more because Bryce got a a deal with Bose headphones and he ain't, he ain't giving me no free headphones. Come on now, cut that out. This this is a business, and these guys are going about it in a business nature. That is what it is. So that's that's my that's my rant on that one. So we open up for Q&A. I got a little bit of time for Q&A before I got to go pound this pavement because it finally stopped raining. Um, and your boy needs to lose this chin neck that I got rolling on right now. Um, I, I've seen a lot of questions about Bryce Young, all that good stuff. Um, that's fine. It's, it's fine. You know, we, we, you guys can ask questions about that left and right. Um, I think I've addressed it pretty clearly. Um, you know, I, I here's the thing about these things. A lot of these kids are going to have to sign in uh, NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, so you're never going to know how much money they're truly making. Um, so there you go. Where am I at? I'm in my office. Um, typically, I'm in the studio downstairs. I have moved up to my office for this one. Y'all let me know what y'all think about the new set. I know it's a lot, cl uh, lot, lot calmer, right? There's not no big jersey in the back. There is, you know, the homie back there. Um, the homies, I should say. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up here in the office. Let's, let's click on some of these. Um, what is this so-called dissension in the NFL? Oh, that's right. What about this so-called dissension in the NFL locker rooms? The QBs make all the money, um, all the guaranteed money, while the four-string linebacker has no guaranteed money. There you go. Ain't none of that. Oh, we got Cody Ledoux in here. Long time no see, baby. How you doing, my boy? Um, love when we got some Alabama guys up in here. I hope you guys have been a little bit calm in the mentions today. I see. Oh, I know what we should do. We should give a holler to these super subs. Um, Chandler Harms gave me five or gave us five, the Patreon five. So that's half a free sub. We got Amin Davison. It's a new name. I hope I didn't butcher that one. That's a half a sub. So we're up to a full sub right there. Um, and then, of course, Robert threw in 10. So we're now at two free subs. Um, and be sure we got another half sub, two and a half right there from Jeremiah Cowway. Appreciate you, my boy. Y'all know where I'm at now. I'm obviously in the new studio, a.k.a. the office. So free subs, y'all know y'all get um, a little bit um, special treatment here when it comes to the Q&A, uh, and they go directly to new 
free subs over there on patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. All right, let's answer some of these questions. The Pope asks, do you think Jordan was using player speak when calling the O-line nasty? Um, no, I think he was being a good teammate. Um, and, and honestly, I think Jordan believes that, uh, which is that that's Jordan. He's he believes in his teammates. It is not his job uh, to be critical or to be, um, an, you know, analyze his teammates. His job is to boost up his teammates. OK, it's my job to tell you whether or not, in my opinion, it's my job to tell you whether or not Georgia's offensive line is, quote unquote, nasty. I think portions of Georgia's offensive line is nasty. But let's be honest, the pads ain't been put on yet. They have not. They were put on in spring practice, and we saw how that went during G-Day scrimmage. Okay, We saw exactly how that looked. Um, the only one that was nasty there was that defensive line. Okay, um, So we won't really find out how, quote-unquote, nasty that offensive line looks until then pads get put on because of all the positions. Right, I can kind of find out whether or not a corner can cover without pads. Okay, I can find out whether a wide receiver can run routes, high point the football, and catch it and run um, without the pads. I can find out whether or not a quarterback can read defenses without the pads. Um, now there's about 10%, 15, 20% left of that eval, depending on, on the position, um, left once the football pads come on. Um, but offense, defense line, I don't know nothing about you. I don't know nothing about you other than how good you look and how pretty you look in your shorts, um, before them pads come on. So yeah, none of that, all that is boo hockey. If you ask me, um, what are your thoughts on some teams outside of the sec this year? Um, you know, I'm just going to give if these questions like this, man, I'm going to end up giving you regurgitated takes that I've seen from other national media guys, and I'm not going to short sell you like that. Okay, Harrison, I'm not going to bullcrap through an opinion. If we're on national radio or local radio and you were to ask me this question, I would regurgitate something that I know about Oklahoma. Right. I would regurgitate something that I know about Ohio State and Clemson. Okay, I can do that. But it's not it's not my God's honest opinion because I don't have a God's honest opinion at this point because I haven't evaluated. Um, and I think for me on my show, on my platform to give you a real honest opinion, um, then, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go back and study it. Maybe we do something like that over on Patreon. Thoughts on Matt Luke? Um, yeah, your offensive line coach, SEC dog. Great question. Um, I'll tell you this right now. Watching him on film uh, or not him, but his offensive line last year on film. Uh, there was a transition period, right? He does a lot of different things, offensive line schematically, um, that Sam Pittman wasn't doing, as does Todd Munkin does things schematically that James Coley wasn't doing. One of those things is require offensive linemen to move, um, require offensive linemen to really get out in space, um, do some things in the counter, uh, you know, power game where they're going to have to pull, kick, get out in space, block corners, block safeties, do things like that. Um, a, didn't have a lot of the personnel to do that last year. B, he still had to do it. But the most important thing that I saw was constant progression. Okay, and what I mean by that is week one, you guys were awful up front. I mean, awful. But you weren't awful because you were just bad. You were awful because you had a bunch of missed assignments. Looked to me like there was not a complete, um, you know, retention of the playbook and the retention of the assignments. And if you have blown assignments, you just can't win. Okay, you just can't win. Um, but the second week they came back against Auburn, ran a very much more simplistic game plan, just said, Hey, we're just going to line up. We're going to beat these guys because we can. Okay. And then the third week they're like, all right, let's start running some counter. Let's start running some power. Let's start doing some of this, uh, you know, counter game scheme that we, that we want to do. It looked bad against Tennessee. It looked really, really bad, especially uh, counter. It looked awful in my opinion, personally. Um, Trey counter did not look great. Um, and then against Alabama, you ran it pretty well. Okay. So what I'm trying to tell you is there was progression week to week. And that tells me you've got a good coach. Um, long story short. All right, here we go. How short of a string will positions of contention have like left tackle and cornerback? Um, it's a, it's a good question there too, Jay or Jeremiah I should say, um, legal name. We'll give you the government name. Um, but no, I, it's not necessarily about a short leash. It's about trying to find the right guy. So I guess if you want to call that a short leash, um, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. That's, it's a tough question. I think most importantly, you're going to see a rotation at corner, especially left tackle, not so much. But you saw how short the leash was with Owen Connor last year. It was a quarter. You saw how short the lease was with the quarterback. It was six possessions last year. So Kirby's got a notoriously short leash because he's got to win. There's a lot of pressure on him to win. Okay. Uh, we already hit on this one, Cody, but I'll go ahead and do it. Great form. 
Great for Bryce Young. Go get your bag, man. He asked my thoughts on Bryce Young making almost a million dollars or about a million dollars. Great for you, young man. Go get that bread. Okay. Go get that bread. Uh, Kittum Smith asks, how long until we see you at SEC Media Days? Um, you know, I got I got a theory on this. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll, I'll be honest and up front. I, I could have gone. I could have gone this year. Could have sent in my credentials. Um, could have been out there. I, what I do in terms of being a lead editor for a program or a, a website like ours that produces as much content as we do, if you went on dogsdaily.com today, you saw every single uh, video, right, every single press conference that we get via direct feed from the SEC Network. So do I need to have my camera there? No, because they're not even going to let me use it anyways. Okay, so I got all the photos that I need from the, the photographers that I already know and have subscriptions from. Okay, so there you go photos taken care of um but most importantly from my office from my hub with great wi-fi and all the essentials that i need and my team around me we produce more content today than anybody that was at that place because there's a lot of distractions a lot of distractions and i have found over the years that when i go to these things i don't get a whole lot done um whereas here i can be around my family i can be home Right, which is important to me because I got I got a one year old and was about to turn one um, in a week or so. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not that important to me. it's not that vital to my job. Would it be great for me to be doing this from a hotel room um, out there in Hoover, Alabama? Cool. Yep, look real good. Is it essential to the way that I go about doing my business? No. I can watch everything that you guys watch today. I can watch everything that they watched too. Probably more, honestly. Probably more because when you go to these events, you have to bounce around from room to room to room to room to room. Whereas I just get the MP4 files sent right to my email. Right. It's a great job by the SEC network staff over there in the SEC uh, SID, Chuck Dunlap. Shout out to Chuck. Uh, so, yeah, there we go. In your opinion, we got a couple more of these guys. I'm going to cut it short here in a second. So, get your questions in in the next five minutes. All right. Here we go. SEC dog ask. In your opinion, is Matt Luke and Todd Munkin, or are, I think he says, are uh, Matt Luke and Todd Munkin on the same page for 2021? My biggest concern is our O-line and IDK about this Matt Luke character. Um, I've kind of already went into this. I trust Matt Luke as of right now. Um, I do because of what I saw on tape last year. You guys are very, very results-oriented. Um, that's, that's, that's your job as fans. But that's why I think it's important that I do what I do, right, where I bring to you actual video footage evidence of what it is that is going on, right? And show you the progression from week to week, which is what coaching is, getting better as the season progresses. And that's what happened last year. Your offensive line got better and better and better. Okay, so I'm not as worried as you are about it. Um, now, do you want do you want to be as good as humanly possible week one? Yes, everybody wants to. Um, but you still got to find a way to win that football game. And I think you're going to have an, a good opportunity to do it, um, despite whatever weaknesses, whatever holes you've got offensive line-wise. It's more important to be really, really great come week 14 than it is to be really, really good come week one. What is it about Trayvon Walker that you like? It's a physical specimen, right? Physical specimen and skill sets and, and physical traits. I'm still a scout at heart. Um, which means high weight speed to me. And I've grown more accustomed to it the more and more I talk to really, really smart people in this business. Um, and I'm not talking about media people. I'm talking about guys that do this for a living at college programs. When I speak to them about players, they're very, very adamant about height, weight, and speed. I used to not care about it because I'm a six-foot center and I thought I was hot shit. I'm not. Um, or I wasn't, obviously, considering where I played. But I was always one of these guys, no, well, you know, if he's got great technique and he's got good heart and he just goes out there and wins, he's got winning attitude, he'll be okay. Um, no, it's boo hockey. You still got to be tall. You still got to be big. You still got to be fast. That stuff wins. Trayvon Walker's got all that in spades. He's bigger. He's stronger. He's faster than 90% of the guys he's going to play against, and he's going to win quite often because of that. All righty. All righty. Let's see here. Always remember to put question marks on here. Any ideas? on your weekly in-season schedule as far as content goes? Great question here from Jeremiah. And yeah, we'll do probably something very, very similar to what we did last year. We will do offense on Monday, defense on Tuesday. I'll give you a what to, and when I say that, I mean like we'll look back at the previous game, right? Um, so Monday following the Clemson game, so that'd be September 6th, we'll come in here um, and we'll do an offensive breakdown. We'll, we'll be in the studio downstairs with the board. We'll do an offensive breakdown. 
Tuesday we'll do a defensive breakdown. Both will be probably an hour long, honestly. They will be very, very in-depth. They will be very, very uh, important and vital for you to watch as a fan because it will you will learn something, I promise, about your favorite football team. Wednesday we will do what I call what to expect, um, where we will look forward to the next opponent, which I don't expect to be as highly rated and highly anticipated as it was last year. That was some of my best content last year. Um because people wanted to know what the opponent's going to do. Well, this year there's a lot of UABs on the schedule. There's a lot of Charleston Southerns. There's a lot of Georgia Techs. There's a lot of Kentuckys. There's a lot of South Carolinas. Okay, there ain't a lot of Georgias. Or excuse me, there ain't a lot of Alabamas. Um, but, yeah, that's that's fun. We'll do an entire month of what to expect, essentially, for Clemson. So there you go. Um, and then Thursday will be a very similar program to this. It will be a Q&A type, MBR type of deal. Um, I typically don't do MBR during the season. Um, but I'll have thoughts and opinions. And now that I'm, you know, available to be in front of a mic much more often, um, we might do some midday MBR type stuff during the season. We're going to roll out a whole new content strategy pretty soon. I think you guys have already seen a lot of that as we progress. Um, team meeting in the Patreon lounge, we can do stuff like that. You guys know Patreon, the lounge over there on Discord is a major, uh, major portion of what we do. Uh, if, if you like, you know, my takes, if you like my opinions, those guys get to ask questions for hours, hours on end. Um, and if you get me talking long enough, you're probably going to hear something that I didn't mean to tell you. And that's just the God's honest truth. Um, all right. I think I'm done. You guys done. I'm done hour and almost 10 minutes into this thing. I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's show. I had a blast. Before you leave, please hit that thumbs up button over there on YouTube. And of course, I do have to ask you, patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. It looks like we've got three, I think three free subs from tonight. Um, so feel free to hop in over there. Check me out on Twitter. Check me out on Instagram um, and get in those DMs, both of which are open. If you want one of those free subs, come holla at your boy. We will get it taken care of. I'll be putting out a tweet here pretty soon appreciate you guys very very much for being here um really honestly can't do what i do without you guys um and i'm extremely thankful for it peace out we'll see you next time